DJ Pazur, as ever. With me today is Sed Severino. We're going to talk about two albums, one by The Faint called Dance Macabre from 2001 and Nurses Dracula from 2011. Ten years and 20 years ago to the date, to the year. Our first pick is my guest hosts by The Faint. It's called Dance Macabre from 2001. It has nine tracks, 35 minutes. It is uh, on the label out of Nebraska, well-known for Bright Eyes, called Saddle Creek. As we just mentioned in the Obscurity Quiz, it has 75 user ratings on All Music Guide. Let my guest host share his thoughts on it first. Go ahead, Sed. Somebody gave this album to me in, uh, what was it? That was 2002 or 2003. Anyway, it's a girl I dated at, at, at Oberlin. But it was kind of, I, I guess, more my sort of experience with synth pop. I knew New Order and Joy Division, basically. So it was sort of my like new experience with that. I saw them in concert in L.A., which was pretty good, but not particularly memorable. Their album after wasn't that great, but yeah, it's it's kind of a great album. It has some like pretty memorable tracks to me. It, it has kind of lines about not being like a drone worker bee. Uh, yeah, and drones what, work like, hard before they die. I think was yeah, the, the agenda suicide is, which in some respects is sort of akin to like the myth of Sisyphus, which is also like my favorite philosophical work, but you know, how this mm. sort of pointless struggle for just working and doing other things for other people is is kind of pointless. They have this whole thing with violence and stuff and also worked up to sexuals on that album, which is a song about stripping, basically. It would be a song that would work really well in a strip club. It's it's about strippers. Let me stop you. You're you're mixing memories here. That track is off Blank Wave Arcade, the previous album. Oh, that's off Blank Wave Arcade. Okay. Mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Talk about every album that you care to, but we want to keep our facts straight here. <laughs> okay, yeah. See, that's that's the problem is that I normally just listen to songs. So that is a topic worth discussion in and of itself. Is what do we need albums anymore, or do you just well, hop from I, single I, to single? I think because of the streaming services that I've used for the past five years, after I, in all honesty, pretty much illegally stole the music I listen to album by album. Mm-hmm. I think the statute of limitations may have run or whatever, but I, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, not atypical. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, that's how I listen to albums. Normally go to the songs I liked, no matter what the band, I guess. I just, I, I don't know what percentage of people listen to the songs that aren't singles or kind of close to the single they're not the best songs on the album if it's not an album that's great altogether. And it just seems like for me, there are very few of those. There's a definite generational difference. I think old people who had to get the whole thing on vinyl probably are more likely to listen to a full album, whereas young people today forget about it. I mean, even oh, yeah. the, most, the most iconic album rock, I, I know uh, some. my cousin listens to Pink Floyd, for example, but only, only one song at a time and has never heard a single album in its entirety. So... Oh, I, I don't know if stoners still do that whole thing where they try to link Dark Side of the Moon to Oz or Wizard of Oz. Anyway. You're definitely My, more of a single listener. Okay. Yeah, but so the other point that I was going to make, I got sidetracked with the worked up subsexual thing. But that sort of goes with a lot of the faint sort of general themes. 
So they have let the poison spill from your throat on Dance Macabre, which is basically if you have something revealing to say about someone else, let it like just just talk, just say it, you know, say whatever uh-huh. revealing horrible thing you have to say about other people as a weapon against them. They have a poised to death, a song about how violence is everywhere. Take me to the hospital. You know, it's interesting to me because it's not like dark wave. It's not, it's like, Mm. it's relatively upbeat music that's about dark subject matter. Mm -hmm. And then I felt like the nurse's Dracula, which is interesting that they called it Dracula. But like, I feel that's more sort of akin to like Animal Collective or something where it's really melodic and has this almost 60s Beach Boys sort of quality to it with this newer synths and stuff like that, but it still has this sort of ethereal quality. Yeah, we'll get to a comparison of our picks. I want to stay on the faint for as long as possible. There's so much, as the academics would say, to unpack from what you've said. I guess we could start, what's the appeal and the allure of Agenda Suicide? It wasn't my favorite song on the album, but it seems to be the general consensus. I mean, it it has a YouTube video that's that's hidden behind a a community warning about suicide. You have to click through and say, yes, I still want to watch this video, even though it has suicide in the name, for example. That's kind of an unfortunate thing these days that they don't mean literally kill yourself. They're not advocating <laughs> you to commit suicide. God. Okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> One would hope not, yes. <laughs> no, it's about how capitalist life is a slow suicide. And in some respects, I went to law school and I, I worked at a large firm and I opted out of doing that because I didn't want to be a worker bee drone or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I still make good money working by myself, but it like was more difficult. So I, a lot of that, those themes and that realness, I guess, speaks to me as opposed to other music, especially at that time, it was more revolutionary. Like, I mean, now you have Billie Eilish singing about, you know, killing a friend or whatever. I mean, I'm not sure if that song has warnings on it, but it sounds like it's got like sounds of chainsaws of cutting up your, I mean, you know, it's kind of ridiculous, but anyway. Agenda Suicide, yeah, the drones were caught before they die. For me, that really, that's always spoken to me. And I guess especially for me as a person who really loved school, but then found himself very alienated in a capitalist system that he didn't really feel. Sorry, I'm talking about myself, but it spoke to me more at different parts of my life. It spoke to me as a college student, but then the songs kind of meant more something different to me at different points. And it was music that I used to dance to that was played mm-hmm. at places I went, where I did sort of as a form of escape from law school or work pressures and stuff too. No, I, I'm totally with you on finding the workforce a bewildering and alienating experience that is much less preferable to just staying in school and then you know, reading all the time. Oh, especially for me, because I wound up doing pro-employer work because that was just sort of what you did if you were I was on law review in law so I was kind of like pushing that but you know Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk about me 
to it. So. <laughs> no, no, I think that speaks to an alienation from a rejection of capitalism and the, the, the drone lifestyle. I, I can get that. And, um, and I, I was a member of the International Socialist Organization when I was 16, and Kafka is one of my favorite authors. So alienation and anti-capitalist attitudes, again, it might not speak to other people, but it it has a reference point with me. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. How do you... Good. Dance, that's okay. Then we'll get to the dance point, and uh, and we can tie that in. Is uh, listening back nostalgically from things that twenty years ago that you heard in college. Does it hold up today? And does dance music age well or poorly in your in your opinion? Oh, I mean, I I listen to stuff that I listened to in college. I saw the Smashing Pumpkins a couple of years ago. I had seen my first time at fourteen, and I still mm-hmm. love the Smashing Pumpkins, even though Billy Corrigan is a crazy right wing nut or something, but. Some, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah, but they put on a great show and Metric Open for them is wonderful. My, my a lot of my musical taste. I mean, I listen to Leonard Skinner, like Simple Man. I kind of just like what I like. And sure. do I think back to certain times? Not really. When I'm listening to certain music, there's kind of this like one song by the Divine Comedy. I don't know if you've heard of them. But anyway, heard but of, not heard. Yeah. Tonight, tonight, and it's just a song that they always played at the end of a certain club that I was going to. So it was like their end of the night song. So that song has a particular meaning at a time for me, or something like that, that I might have mm-hmm. memories tied to. But yeah, other than that, it was just kind of like whatever I was in the mood for. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. No, I think uh, in terms of dance music, though, there is uh, certainly a plague or a lot of shade thrown on early techno or disco music, for that matter, which was, you know, all the rage back when it first came out. And you said this was a revolutionary album in 2001. Does it hold up? Oh, I think the songs. And I think it's some of their better. They produce some good stuff afterwards. Mm-hmm. But I think still, yeah, there. still exists. Yeah, they still exist. They kind of took their time or might have been broken up for certain periods of time or something like that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they haven't had a huge amount of production, but they just sure. produced something recently. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're still making albums. There was one in 2019. And uh, I, on a personal note, I know that uh, you and I have this year turned 40. The keyboardist for the faint, Jacob Thiel, he died last year at the age of 40. And I wonder, is there an alternate universe? Is there an alternate universe in which we joined a band and we, you know, we lived hard, partied hard, and, and we also could be could yeah, be already drugs. dead and not have reached our birthday today? Drugs? <laughs> I'm five years sober, and I mean, the way that I was living at a certain point, I didn't think I was going to make it to 40, but not because I was because I was living hard, but in a, in a purely self-destructive manner. <laughs> you know, okay, so. okay. So it didn't yeah. even have to be an alternative yeah. universe. You were, you're a survivor, and, and congratulations to you for making it. <laughs> and yeah, to, yeah. But it wasn't to many more. a rock star thing. I mean, that's, that's kind of, certain people might live that sort of party lifestyle, but yeah, my, it wasn't like that at all. So, yeah, I, I, I assume it was drugs, but you know, 40 people who are 40 years old can die of anything. Too. It's possible, sure. You shouldn't stay up all night rocking on the stage, probably. It's not good for your health. No, I, I, I can imagine that the glamour is uh, is overrated, overstated, and maybe not really true. They never made it, really. So that's the sure question, what. too. I would consider The Faint to be a successful band and semi-famous, but you would disagree. They never made it. Well, I mean, compared to Bright Eyes, 
No, I mean, compared to other bands on that label, surely not. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I saw them in the Glass House, and I think they were maybe headlining, but, you know, compared to other bands that I listened to, they weren't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm not really sure what they made from their music and what they maybe made from side projects and stuff like that. But I think you can take their full discography as an example. They've got almost 10 albums. And if you're allowed to make a second and a third album, that must mean you're, you know, somebody's out there buying it and somebody oh, wants to yeah, listen. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know if they wanted a mainstream album, if they wanted to be played on the radio. Uh-huh. You know, you know what I'm saying? Even commercial like, radio. Commercial radio or even like satellite radio or something. Yeah, I, I think the, the the question is whether any of these can make it out of the college circuit and college touring. And yeah, that's that's a that's a real measurement of staying power if you have mainstream yeah. breakthrough. Yeah, I mean, uh, speaking of which, Alex Scali made it like that's why I consider more because he sort of transcended that college thing too. Mm-hmm. Even though he was in like pretentious in college. But anyway, it's very surprising. It's like a job in college. I never actually met the guy. Oh, he was a better runner than my brother. He was the best runner on the, like the best runner on the cross country team. There you go. Uh, well, I, there's no money in fame in running though, unless you're an Olympiad, I think. Yeah, really. no, no, no. I, I, I knew he was a musician. If you could have chosen some random guy from Oberlin who was going to become a really, really successful musician, I, I didn't think it would be Alex but it's really cool. Life, life yeah. is full yeah. of surprises, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And more power to him. And I think he made the right choice. I think the world is a better place for him having made that choice. So, oh yeah. They produce yeah. good music. It's not necessarily for my sure. like stuff, but I'd listen to it. It's good. Sure, sure. Beach no, we're talking about beach house for those not uh, initiated. And so I think that uh, we're not really introducing people to the faint. People who are listening to this show are used to really obscure stuff. And I think the faint is probably the most famous album pick that we've had so far. But it's not a bad thing. It's just making note of it. Again, I guess, <laughs> like I was thinking, like it's clinic when you were giving me this sort of assignment. I was mm-hmm. trying to determine what's the most obscure band I like? You know, because mm-hmm. a lot of bands that I liked that were obscure, like, I mean, I saw The Shins in the Grog Shop in Ohio. Uh, I saw... In Cleveland, I, yeah, all right. I, yeah, I saw The Black Keys in this tiny club in Iowa City, like, 20 years ago. You know, a lot right. of the bands that I liked that were obscure made it super big. Yeah, that yeah. Those are sort of maybe the comparisons that I'm making. They're not up there quite yet. Yeah. Never will be. Yeah. Yeah. So let me let me ask you, as I I call you an indie rock partisan, who has you've seen also Animal Collective was one that you mentioned having seen before they they hit the big time or Modest Mouse, I think. Would you would you like to? I lied by take. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Excellent. Excellent. Would you like to take a victory lap and say how does it feel to have seen so (laughs) many bands before they hit the big time before they were cool? How does that it feel? Was, it was, I think I recommended the shins to you. Somebody else yes. recommended the shins to me. So the Black Keys, I think I stumbled on because of the radio station and Denise Gromis, who was Kate Kraft. Anyway, sorry. This is all over really personal. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she, was, she was dating the she was, and then got married to the drummer. So, yeah, it's a, it was all insider stuff. I was looking for music to play on my radio show over the summer and I wanted to play black themed stuff. So I played stuff by the by the black eyed peas and black keys and uh, the black kids. We have some good stuff. And 
I don't think that their name would really fly at this point. But anyway. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Times have changed a bit, yeah. 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 Do you find that in social circles among friends that you're usually still playing that role of introducing people to music that they would like? I've been trying to do that with my wife, who's Chinese, and mm-hmm. it hasn't worked out very well because <laughs> she says most of the music that I listen to makes her anxious <laughs> so it's like, it kind of okay. revs me up but yeah it's just in in all honesty i'm a person who's had the closest relationships with people who i've dated and i guess i just haven't dated people who have been as as cool as me. <laughs> like like there the, we the, go well it's just they haven't they haven't had as for lack of a better word as pretentious musical taste as me for the most part i don't think i'd call the thing pretentious for example the punk rock is not pretentious right or post-punk yeah post-punk i i mean sort of it's got post in it (laughs) that's true that's true (laughs) yeah i don't know i guess maybe because i associate it with who i was at oberlin and I look back on that guy, and I loved myself 20 years ago, but I was pretentious. Like, anyway, this is a different thing, but well, no, yeah. It's related, at least. So, it, it, how you yeah. found all so this. That was, yeah. I just like what I like, and I just, I've never been like, oh, this band has become. The reason I don't like Modest Mouse new stuff is because it's not that good. It's not as good mm-hmm. as Lonesome Crowded West and, and their early stuff. So I mean, you the, would... the, fame, the fame is kind of mm-hmm. true, too. A lot of bands, their peak productivity was in their 20s or 30s. I mean, so many sure. great musicians died at like 27 you know you've never considered yourself a hipster or otherwise someone who cares a lot about selling out or about uh, once something is popular you no longer want to listen to them you would never do anything like that i was a hipster i I was an original hipster in college hipsters now and i'm like okay you guys are what you are but like yeah I, I was, you know, I went, the from, original. All right. uh, I went from having horrible skin and being a nerd in high school. And, you know, it was the way that I found myself in a certain respect at, at Oberlin. I love the music and stuff, but I, you know, I did a radio noir radio show too. I, I was into yeah. just other sort of things that maybe obscure or different you've got the credit you've got the serious uh, the history the back the, the backup to the, the the foundation for it the problem is that a lot of people consider it pejorative and would always deny that they are a hipster you you would take it on the other side that you have good taste and uh-huh. artist is a badge of pride oh yeah i mean i'm 40 years old so i'm just too old to care now <laughs> but you know back in the day like i mean my clothing oh, went for fighting I, I look I look back at like Oberlin and I was like, you know, I was like a like a peacock with wearing like different colors. Now I just wear all black, you know, I just I stopped I, I stopped caring. You don't care at forty. Who cares about being cool sure at thing. forty? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I, you're married. You don't have to be cool anymore. <laughs> That's true but, too. Uh, That's true too. Yeah. Yeah. So, in terms of the black stuff, let me quote some reviews from Pitchfork. They say that Dance Macabre quote casts a gothic light on the ordinary, quote seems to keep returning to gothic paradoxes, and quote plays mm. with new wave goth and punk rock. But Dance Macabre is not a goth album, is it? Not in my opinion. Because it's not, you know, but like, is My Chemical Romance goth? Genres, I think, to me, got really mixed up. And especially when goth became, like, commercialized, like, with mm. Hot Topic and stuff. 
Oof. You know, yeah, well, and goth got mixed in with pinks. <laughs> goth to me, when I was in high school or college, was a pretty sort of dark, morbid thing. But then it was just sort of like looking pale and stuff. And I was always into sort of pale people. So, I mean, I don't know. And I saw Marilyn Manson. I guess is Marilyn Manson considered goth, I guess, right? I yeah, I, I, that's a push. That's a stretch, I'd say. Yeah. No, I had, a, I had a lovely and long informative conversation on Reddit with a serious goth person as, as partisan to goth as you are to indie rock. And all the things that I thought were goth basically are not. It's not about the style. It's not about the aesthetic. It's specifically about a certain kind of post-punk. And uh, once you have keyboards and electronics, oh. you pretty much give it all up. So wow, how, there's the, is it, is it, the, yeah. Then that's the only yes. goth band I know of. Okay, is, Susie and the Banshees and all that, that, oh, that Susie stuff. Susie and the Banshees. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yeah. them, yeah. yeah. And The Cure, obviously. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Cure's goth. Okay. Yes. Yeah. They they sing a lot of corny stuff about love and stuff for a goth band, in my opinion. But saw them at Curiosity. Well, I think yeah. you know, so. It's again. It's the, the themes don't necessarily matter. It's it's more of the style of music. You can you can think about ah. sing about dark themes as the faint do on this album. Themes are dark, but it's not goth music. I think would be the consensus. No, actually, like goth music. music. Yeah, yeah. So we we've talked about genre there, electronic dance punk. I think uh, there have been a lot of imitators. You had a choice for which complementary pick, and you didn't want to find anything derivative. And a lot of people have copied the style. There have been a lot of imitators. Would you say that these are the best examples of electronic dance punk that you know of? I mean, no, because I'm not going to posit that as my... They're the best examples that I know of for me that I like. <laughs> you know, because okay. I think everything's subjective. So mm -hmm. what what I might think is derivative or not as good, someone else might think is vastly superior and very distinctive. I just really liked Nurses Dracula because to me that's like so similar to Animal Collective, which is one of my favorite bands for different reasons. What kind of things do you listen to now? Do you still listen to new music or what bands do you listen I, to? I, I listen to music that's new to me. Okay. Do I listen to music that has just come out? Yeah. Yeah, I'll check out music that's just come out. I'll, I'll try to check out things every now and then that came out on Pitchfork or check out, like, you know, I, I have Spotify. I tried other streaming services. I really like the different mixes that Spotify puts together and then some of the other stuff that it's recommended with their algorithm and stuff. It's turned me on to different bands. Like, I didn't listen to Aquifer River. I hadn't really, I had never heard of them, I don't think. I mm -hmm. think I might have heard of their songs, but like they just recommended them recently and I really love them. I, I just yeah, yeah, started listening to a song by Mother Mother, like Heart of the Devil or Mouth of the Devil that I, I sometimes just get into one song and listen to that song over and over and over again. Uh, okay. Archers of Loaf, White Trash Heroes. I've listened to, <laughs> like, like I just get into certain songs. I just love that song. So, yeah, I think maybe especially me, maybe in comparison to other people, I'm much more of a song person. And but, it sounds yeah. like you're also also fairly obsessive, which I think is a good thing. I mean, might, some might disagree. but uh, uh, It hasn't been in some aspects of my life. In the past. <laughs> Depends on where that obsessiveness is located. But yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> so the object needs to be considered there. Yeah, okay. The object yeah. is <laughs> good. 
good. There are better some things better than others. I'm uh, intense. I'm intense about any of my interests or anything as, like yeah, yeah. As life should be. As life should be. Definitely. We were YOLO before YOLO. Music helps me get through other aspects of life now. So it's not something that I want mm -hmm. to give that much thought to, I suppose. Several people who I've interviewed on this, one of them who has declined and another who says they don't ever want to do another episode again, they say that, yeah, I just like listen to what I like and I don't want to talk about it. I hope that that's not the case for you. No, I love to talk. So I mean, oh, I'm just okay. like very full of myself and love hearing the sound of my own voice. So. All right. Well, you can loop this episode repeatedly after we're after it's edited. So. And I've been told I have a good radio voice by people. Absolutely. So absolutely. Know. Perfect. Back to the faint. <laughs> have you listened to any of their side projects, such as uh, Depressed Buttons or Broken Spindles? You know, I think maybe at one point I listened to some of Broken Spindles, but now. Strictly electronic in that case, yeah. I don't know Depressed yeah. Buttons. I would recommend Broken Spindles for fans of Strict Electronica. I think the one big exception for me is Sunset Rubdown for Wolf Parade as a, because they're incredible. Mm -hmm. But in general, I haven't really liked side projects very much. I am with you on both Wolf Parade and uh, and Sunset Rubdown, I think we mentioned. They're just a yeah. little bit too famous to, to be talked about here uh, at length, though. <laughs> yeah, but what I, I, I think would surprise some people. They were not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> almost nobody I know would have heard of either of them. But yeah, apparently, but, yeah. apparently they've got a good fan base. You you got high standards. Well, again, I think the fans <laughs> of Wolf Parade and Sunset Rubdown. I saw Sunset Rubdown in concert. I, I think mm -hmm. their fans love them because they're mm -hmm. awesome. So mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely good. Good stuff. I like it. Let's conclude with The Faint. Do you have a favorite Faint album? Or, again, since you don't listen to albums, they've got almost 10 albums. None are longer than about 40 minutes, and their songs are almost all under four minutes. They've yeah. got a, a formula they, they stick like, to. What are your favorite albums? They got like a Ramones thing with the synth stuff, and it's it's mm -hmm. nice and tight. Mm -hmm. I like it. Um, again, it's more like I have favorite songs off certain albums. Southern Bells in London Sing, and I can't even tell you now what album that's off a, a later album I believe mm. but that's one of my favorite songs because it's also evocative of my experience in London I was in London for a semester stuff that relates to Los Angeles like I love songs about how horrible Los Angeles is <laughs> because I was just like, <laughs> you know Death Cab for Cutie the tool <laughs> yeah Los Angeles the, I'm Yours by the Decemberists familiar Decemberists I, I, when I saw Colin Malloy do like uh, an acoustic set by himself in LA which is great thanks really nice. smart guy I believe it really yeah. great Really great lyricist. Awesome that they named the band after the Russian Revolution. I've heard them referred to as the librarians of indie rock. Uh, Unapologetic right, so nerdy. Great, great stuff. Good. Well, that nerdy nerdiness, I think, has, has come into more acceptability, I think, in the knowledge economy, perhaps, in the 21st century. It's uh, oh, definitely sure. okay to be okay to be and, nerdy and, and geeky now. And in some respect, I think Weezer, which is a very mainstream band, but sort of ushered that forth a little bit, especially hmm. for me, maybe, because I had sort of similar glasses and I was told <laughs> that uh, anyway. <laughs> they they yeah. became very much in in style. Absolutely, yeah. Definitely worked yeah. for a while. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love Weezer. I love Radiohead. I I love Muse. I I, I love bands that are popular too. You know. Okay, yeah. I respect them. Have you heard the Faints' early stuff? Like their first album was almost all guitars, whereas I think their later albums have pretty much abandoned the guitars. Do you have an opinion about that? See, again, I have to look into... But you said 
it worked up so sexual though. That was Blank Wave Arcade. That's their second album, and that is they've they've got more sense on that. Their first album from 1998 was Media, and that was basically I would say just a straight up rock album, almost punk, almost emo, almost. Oh, that's uh, but never, that's never in the. It's like nobody pays attention to that. <laughs> no, that was just they're establishing themselves as a band that can make music, but no. And yeah, I don't know. Now. But yeah, no, I can, like I listened to Call Call, Worked Up So Sexual. Uh, this one is mostly about victim convenience. Yeah, I mean, this just casual sex. So yeah, they mm-hmm. kind of have themes, you know, and they have that horrible... When I saw them, they had Wet From Birth, I think, had come out that has the erection song on it, too. Yes, yeah, it does. The erection right. song, see, that's the thing. Southern Bells in London Sing is a wonderful, awesome song, followed by erection, <laughs> which is... <laughs> stupidest song well, you know okay. I'm like is it at all metaphorical or anything no <laughs> no metaphors here no symbolism here just straight up quite straight straight yeah. and up <laughs> okay so you know it, they, they produce that too but the, the later stuff yeah I mean they produce stuff like the, the nerds were right and stuff and they talk about now they write stuff about how we're living in a world that's controlled by children and stuff sort of talking about ego work talks about it's kind of like the excess the left wing in some respects with the speech codes and stuff mm-hmm. which i find to be, yeah which i find to be incredibly problematic as a free speech advocate sure. so okay you you can appreciate the album themes but you don't actually like to listen to full albums that's an, that's an interesting point there that might be your issue with streaming services is i listen to what Spotify puts together as this is the band Mm -hmm. where they sort of cultivate songs that are more listened to by people I'm Mm -hmm. letting that determine what the good songs are or the ratings determine what the good songs are because in all honesty I don't really want to waste my time listening to crappy songs Sure. Okay. Yeah. So then, okay, let me get straight to your aesthetic then. What is a crappy versus a great song or a great album? What what does it have to do? Oh, man. I mean, big question. For me, it's got to just has to move me in a certain way at the time, I guess. It's very difficult to say, but I like things that have really good beats to them. It's especially, it's entirely different if I'm, I've been listening to some more trans techno stuff when I've been working and stuff. Like I used to listen to Paul Oakenfeld or mm-hmm. Orbital or the Orb when I was writing papers. So it depends on sure. what I'm trying to go for or like if I'm working out. It's your mood and your receptiveness to something. You could listen to a great song that is an inappropriate thing to play in a certain situation and not like it. Then. Well, and again, like I kind of recognize I don't really like the Beatles that much. I actually like George Harrison and John Lennon's solo work more than their work with the Beatles and the Traveling Wilburys. But I recognize that the Beatles produce good stuff. It's just not hard enough for me. So there needs to be visceral hardness to the sound. Yeah. Well, and just sort of like David Bowie's stuff. Like the stuff I like more is Queen Bitch and Andy Warhol and stuff like that. Not sort of the sing songy stuff. I don't like Elton John that much. It's like that's just always what I've just sort of gravitated more toward. Yeah. 
Okay, makes sense. Well, I just always want to know if there's something inherent in the music that makes it good or bad versus, you know, situational and personal subjective preference. I'm a relativist. You know, I don't believe morality and ethics. I I believe to maybe some certain degree that might be, you know, but I believe especially sort of taste. Taste is somewhat subjective. So I, I will tell someone if I believe, if, if my feeling is that this sucks, I'll say that. But <laughs> it's just my belief. <laughs> okay, okay. As someone yeah. who doesn't believe in morality and ethics, that's why you're able to listen to Spotify. I just can't do it. They're grifters. It's a difficult thing because yeah. what's the alternative? There are so many. <laughs> Spotify is the worst. It's almost the worst. YouTube free is the worst. I'll send you some links. I'll I'll link some uh, better, better options. Every other platform pays more than Spotify. Period. But artists get paid. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll send you some links. But basically, they're pure evil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they paid something as opposed to people just stealing the music. You know, I, okay, I, if that's the alternative, uh, would you rather have two cents or would you rather have zero cents? I think it's pretty much a wash to me. <laughs> to be honest, I didn't want to pay for music that I didn't know. I didn't want to pay for music without having listened to the album first. Sure, sure. sure. I, I think, I, you're, I think I the majority yeah. of the population is with you. There's a moral way to go about it. Well, I feel like joining Spotify, which is, it's all entirely legal. The, I mean, the you're artist, paying for it, I assume. You're not doing the ad ver, ad-supported yeah, free version. Okay. No. So, so, there, there, yeah. There's always something worse. You yeah, can always be worse. <laughs> I'm a 40-year-old attorney now, so I mean, I did, yeah, I pay for all that stuff, so, yeah. I'm, Although my I wife thank you is, for paying. Is, the Chinese ethos is... I'm, yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah, I'm familiar. Very, very different, yes. But, <laughs> It's it's an act of protest to steal things that are wrong and evil. It is. It's a a countrywide act of protest. Yeah. They all feel entitled to it. It's very interesting. We can can (laughs) rationalize and justify any kind of behavior we want, I suppose. But anyway, that's the topic for another day. There's an extended deluxe version of Dance Macabre. Have you listened to the new tracks off of it or not? I don't know what that is. I, I generally distrust those things because they're just yeah. for the record company to sell the album again. Yeah, resell. So it's, and, uh, it's like, what what did they add in there? I don't know. But for, again, <laughs> as you mentioned, though, on streaming platforms, it's as simple as just clicking on a few more things. Okay, clicking to yeah, the deluxe version. It's not hard. In, but Yeah, but it's like, so what is in? There's a remix of The Conductor and remix of Glass Dance. I liked the new tracks better than the remixes. There were several tracks that were not on the album, which I thought were at least interesting. Oh, okay. If you haven't heard them, I'd recommend it. But I wouldn't consider that part of the original because that album that you know that came out in 2012 but, but i'll you know. take me to the hospital moat m-o-t-e dust falling oh, out no, of love at this volume a cover i believe i think i think take me to the hospital was on the original wasn't it it was not so that is a, that is one of the oh. deluxe oh yeah i listen to that all the time that's, there that's you go. pretty okay yeah i just yeah. that's the thing is that spotify divorces you from where the song's you know, because I listen to the playlist and stuff like that. So you actually have to make a conscious effort to even find out, like, I'll hear new music and I have to make sure I like the song and save the song. 
to know who the artist and the song is, right? Yeah. So Spotify mixes are nothing short of an existential threat to the album as a medium as we know it. Existential threat. Uh, it's called disrupting the medium, though. All right. It's, it, it's like, again, I think if these things weren't created, people would just be committing massive copyright infringement. Like, could we not I mean, create... They still do. Yeah, but it to hasn't, a much... It hasn't degree, stopped piracy. Yeah, but that's all I was doing in the past. Fair enough. You know, is that an age effect? Is that a generational effect, though? Or is that or is that actually the, the medium, the, the platform has changed your behavior? If, if Spotify didn't exist, I'm not really sure what I would be doing for new music. I, th- I think it's just only natural that with technology that, of course... Well, I mean, believe it or not, not, believe it or not, I believe, according to the statistics, Napster is paying most per stream now. So there are tons of options, Spotify being that only the what? second worst. Napster, as in... Um, uh, Napster the Napster is now a streaming platform which pays its oh, pays mean, per stream much higher, several times more than Spotify. How many artists are on it? That's the problem. Spotify yeah. has every. No, Spotify, it doesn't. Spotify didn't <laughs> well, have we're going to fight about this. This is cool. Okay. Spotify didn't have Tool for a while, but Tool finally came over to Spotify. I tried Amazon Music and just because I have Alexa and the Apple Music, and they're both really crappy comparatively. Like Spotify yeah, doesn't make Spotify's the best. We have a feature on Out of Obscurity called Scheduled Digression. Maybe that's one where we can duke it out and uh, finally I, get to the bottom. I, I, I'm a lot more concerned with other things that are going on in the world other than, you know, <laughs> there's just different ethical priorities to me. <laughs> Democracy could be collapsing, climate change could kill us all, humanity and stuff. Yeah, there are bigger concerns than artists receiving. I think it's good that they're receiving something and then you go to their concerts. <laughs> all right. Well, not, not during COVID, too. So, again, we, we got we to gotta oh, find a better plan so we can go to concerts oh, again. You haven't been, I mean, everyone's without masks here. <laughs> they should be in like Mississippi, but yeah. We got to wrap things up on, on this first one here. So <laughs> let, me run by, let me run by quick uh, imitators and derivative groups and uh, plus or minus or haven't heard of. How about uh, you didn't want to do Super System, found them derivative. Didn't like Super System, yeah? Yeah, but I get I, I, it was like off like one song, but yeah, I. I I think they were too obscure. They they were obscure to the degree that they're not good, <laughs> in my Ouch. opinion. Ouch. I don't know. Maybe I'll try try them again. But with yeah. time, with time, I would say I, I would, given the choice between a faint album and a super system album, I would usually choose super system. But okay, how about Mobius Band? Mobius Band. Ever heard of them? Yes. No. No, no. Never heard of them. Okay. They have a lot of stuff about being anti-capitalist, about uh, quitting your crappy office job and so on, or keeping it because you have to. How about The Fever? No. Never heard of them. My music pretension has declined a lot in the past 20 years. <laughs> it, it comes with age. It comes with age. How about, uh, they're a little bit more rocky. Uh, how about The Foe? F-A-U-X? The Foe? F-A-U-X? Oh, it's not like after the Vietnamese. <laughs> no, I haven't heard Never of them. No. All right. How about uh, Outhood and Chick Chick Chick? Chick Chick Chick, I absolutely love. They yeah. seem right up your alley, yeah. Okay. So prefer yeah. them over the faint or not Not as much? Chick Chick Chick, I just think of as a much different band. But I absolutely love Chick Chick Chick. Yeah. I think they're the ones that have this song. It has a whole bunch of swear words in it. <laughs> so I don't oh, know, yeah. like, 
And it's very dated. It talks about George Bush and stuff. But yeah, yeah, um, anti-George anyway, Bush. So yeah. It was a song of the times. Yes, but it's one of my favorite, you know, again, because I listened to what was really cool 15 years ago for the most part. But no, yeah. Not a problem. Not, I have no, no, <laughs> nothing against that. How about the I, Rapture? Uh, and I think they have an Oberlin connection. I saw them at uh, Curiosa, but they didn't really have a lot of production. They're a toss-up for me. I don't know if I would. Would I prefer them over the faint or not? And lastly, from those, the, the imitators and derivatives, also from Nebraska, the show is the rainbow. I think I, I sent one track back from them. They, have, uh, they kind of have a beef with uh, Bright Eyes. Yeah, well, Bright Eyes is going to win that. <laughs> I've, never heard of, I've never heard of them. Yeah, that's kind of yeah, yeah, extremely obscure. I think if you're from Nebraska and you have a beef with Connor Oberst, that's not good for you. I think he kind of, I don't know if he still lives there, but I, I feel like he sort of owns the, he's the best m- musical person that's come out of that state, but it doesn't really say a lot, but yeah. A kingmaker. I, I agree with you on that. I was never a fan. Our mutual housemate was really into them. I never, I have their albums, but I, I never, I never got I, them. I went to see them too. I guess you weren't along for that. You were along for Bell and Sebastian. No, I think that uh, one of my great regrets from college is I never went to a concert with you, actually. So. Oh, okay. Maybe you just took the photo or something. Yeah, I don't know. That wraps up the list of everything I have to say about Dance Macabre and The Faint. Do you have anything more to add? I think the whole technological alienation and stuff, like it's sort of been somewhat fulfilled. And what was interesting to me is that The Who... Peter, Peter Thompson, uh, I was just watching a documentary, wanted to write, like Bob O'Reilly came out of this weird musical that he wanted to write in the 60s or 70s about that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. so it's, it's been a theme that's been going on for a while. So, yeah. You want to give, it, give the album a rating of some kind? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess. Two thumbs up for me. It's like, thumbs it's, up? It's like, okay. It's, 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 again, it's kind of like a, it could have been better or something, probably, but they weren't sort of complete as a band. So maybe like eight or like nine or something, you know? I think it was really good coming out of Omaha with uh, (laughs) on Saddle Creek as opposed to on like Kill Rock Stars or Sub Pop. Labels. The importance of labels is another topic we can get to sometime. Yeah. I hear you loud and clear. My own personal thoughts. I don't think this is my favorite Faint album. I'd probably be Blank Wave Arcade or I like their newer stuff a little bit better. I would give this a a 7 out of 10. Let's transition to Nurses. I don't know if there's that much similar between them other than that they have short songs and fairly short albums. Nurses might be a little bit more experimental. 10 and 20 years ago, these were both seen maybe could be considered cutting-edge experimental pop. At least one critic has called the Dracula album, quote-unquote, their funky dance pop album, whose opening track starts out with heavy drums and guitars reminiscent of late 70s goth rock. So there may be some similar roots involved in both The Faint and Nurses out of uh, post-punk. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I Just knowing Bauhaus is my example of 70s gothic stuff. Like, I know the album is called Dracula and stuff, but it's like the band that was called the Zombies in the 60s or something. Like, it just seems very melodic and more, more like Animal Collective stuff, which to me has these experimental elements to it, but it's sort of like this new psychedelic stuff to me. I definitely hear that. 
Yeah, that's that's sort of uplifting and has these melodies again, like I kind of like it to like the Beach Boys and stuff. I mean, compared to the thing, it's easy listening, very good sing songy stuff. Well, easy listening in the sense that yeah, it's not. It's just a very different. It's not abrasive. It's not abrasive. Yeah. The faint beats and stuff like that. It's only music that's appropriate for you. It's good workout music or something like that. It's not really good relax music, you know? <laughs> yeah. Whereas this is, to me, it's it's different kind of music that I was also looking for. So that's why I was like, oh, this is awesome. See, to me, I'm like, unsure. Why is this band so obscure? They're super talented. They're, to me, the album Dracula is equivalent to Animal Collective albums. Why didn't they make it big or really close? Like, why didn't they make it? I I think uh, if we want to focus on Animal Collective, I think they really made it possible to be both weird and popular. And maybe before Animal Collective, it was more difficult to do so. And then when they hit it really big, that doesn't mean that all weird bands like Nurses are going to be similarly popular, even regardless of talent or even how good any particular song sounds. I think to get successful and make it big, it requires a really a series of coincidences and lucky breaks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And knowing the right people or or having certain connections. Animal Collective is from Baltimore, too. And Alex Skelly got with the right people in Baltimore, apparently. And they're sort of have some similar dream pop sounds or whatever. Mm -hmm. Beach House. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, so I think uh, connections and label support, all of these factors, radio play, actual promotion or uh, getting on the right playlist on Spotify these days is how you make it. Yeah, maybe choosing a a band's name that's like Animal Collective is a lot more distinctive than Nurses. On that note, I want to give a shout out to Frontline and other essential workers in COVID-19 featuring Nurses today on Auto Obscurity. Thanks for everyone for keeping people alive. I'm glad I didn't do pre-med at Oberlin. <laughs> in that sense, or I'd be dead. Uh, can I ask you, I saw Nurses live, and I wonder how important is it, how often do you uh, see a band live before listening to their other songs? Or is it always listen to the songs first and then go see their live show? Oh, I try to listen to as many songs as possible first, if I can. Obviously, I saw a lot more music live when I lived in Los Angeles than I do when I live in Iowa. <laughs> You know, because Dude, man, the wild. Iowa scene totally dwarfs Los L.A. What are you talking about? <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, right, a lot yeah. of stand-up comedians are coming close, though. Okay. And the wife and I are seeing Foreigner. <laughs> right, you know, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, because it's right by Oh, and I was going to see Flock of Seagulls and Men Without Hats, but they had oh. the concert even without those two bands. Because I, I was going to see him for two songs, you know, Safety uh, Dance. I think Safety Dance is just worth it in itself. But some one hit wonder yeah. action from the 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but anyway, uh, yeah, that's the kind of stuff we get. Yeah. Would you ever see a concert based on word of mouth without having heard the songs? I don't think so. I, I just don't think there's any reason to now. And that would be something that you would do before the internet right okay, but like sure. why would you do that now okay, okay. yeah 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 I, i'll tell you in the, in the context that i was new york city in, in 2010 i was living in brooklyn i was reading i think it was with the l live entertainment uh, weekly hipster kind of preview magazine that lists all the concerts that are coming into the city and so on oh and so, after the train after the l line 
Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Thinking, yeah. I was thinking that would be like a Chicago thing because of the owl, but yeah, never mind. Yeah. So I went into the venues called the Mercury Lounge. It's in it's in Manhattan. I'm not sure if it still exists. They had a lot of up and coming acts. The, the tickets were usually like ten bucks or twenty bucks. So I went into the Nurses concert totally blind, and I was I was pretty well blown away. It was great. They were pretty oh. much a two two man act. Go ahead. Oh, two men. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like they have like some sort of feminine energy, but no, the guy's voice is very high pitched. Very high pitched. I'm sorry. I saw shows in in Cleveland where I don't know if I listened to the band first. Okay. That much. Yeah. Times have changed, though. You're right. It's it's way more convenient to just find something on YouTube or Spotify, or whatever it is, your streaming platform yeah. of choice is before you. You know, do I want to spend twenty dollars to hear, hear them or more well, in some I, cases? At that point in my life, I loved going to shows, like mm-hmm. with my girlfriend at the time, who I would like make out with public. <laughs> anyway, but like you were that, that guy at the show. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, she was that person. Anyway, it was the yeah. She was that. Uh, she was that girl. All right. <laughs> Like we saw a gang of four. It was some band very derivative of a British punk band. Anyway, but the, yeah, yeah. Anyway. A couple, couple of good, but Dismemberment Plan. That was a band that I sort of oh, saw yeah. without knowing about before, but great show. Mm-hmm. Great show. So I'm going to give the, the basic specs then for the Dracula album. It came out in 2011, 10 years ago, 10 years after The Faint's uh, Dance Macabre. It has 11 tracks, 41 minutes long. It's on the label Dead Oceans. And as I mentioned, and as you mentioned correctly, that uh, they are still very much under the radar, despite having several albums at not quite as long a span, a discography of th- three different decades for The Faint, but at least uh, two decades and four albums for nurses. Thoughts about the album that you'd like to go into first or anything to say? Trying to Reach You was really good. You you looking twice. Like, again, they, they're just songs and they have those hooks, right, too? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it feels like a take on a good 60s ethereal pop song or something. But are they still together? As far as I know, they took six years to make their follow-up to this in 2017 with Nautland, which was, again, every oh, okay. single album has a totally different sound, I would say. It's like they don't even resemble each other. You'd think it was a totally different band for each album. Oh, oh, so that might be the reason. So I, I w- if I gave that a listen to, it would sound totally different. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I totally I, agree with you. This is more psychedelic, Beach Boys, Animal Collective influenced. It's almost loungy. It's just laid back. The the rhythm section, I, I compared it to like a, a wagon wheel slowly falling off Yeah. on a wagon caravan of some kind. It's just kind of slow paced, which is not for everybody. So there, there's that challenge, among others. The reviews of this album, I would call it uh, examples of killing with faint praise, giving it a C plus in some case and a three out of five in others. Metacritic, as you listened, they found it a little bit better better than that and so i wonder for a lot of people in order to understand an album you have to listen to it a couple of times do people still have patience to listen to an album that's challenging and weird what do you think i think it depends on the album if i don't like something initially like anything i'm not going to revisit it if i start watching a movie and I don't like it, I'm not going to revisit it. If I start watching... Are you the like kind of the, person who will walk out of a movie theater if you don't like the first half an hour, though? Would you go that far? I, I don't know if I've ever walked out on a movie. I don't think I've done that. So I try yeah. not to. I try not to, definitely. But for songs and albums, for albums, it's a lot easier I to listen to I one know. or two songs. Say, 
this isn't for me. I'm going to listen to something else. It's a lot easier for music, though. I'm so sure at this point in my life or like even when I was in L.A. and stuff, you know, because I was film studies and stuff. I wasn't going to go to a movie. I wasn't going to like. So, yeah, maybe that was <laughs> you've done the research beforehand. OK. Yeah. Or same with concerts. I left one concert because of like emotional reasons or, so, you know, it's like something totally unrelated. So okay. what's the last music that you listened to that you didn't like? If you can remember. Oh, I mean, there's so much stuff on Spotify that comes up that I just skip over. Okay. If I don't like it, I skip it, but I don't know what it is because I don't right, right. So you, you don't remember it. It doesn't, you just uh, passes through. Yeah, I'm not like, oh, together. what's that song I didn't like? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to commit to memory the songs and the band's names of the songs that I do like because there's so much out there. And when Absolutely. I'm sort of expanding into other genres, like doing electronic and stuff, and, and that stuff is so much, in my mind, harder to keep track of okay. because you don't have a distinctive voice or something to associate with the music, right? Uh -huh. You know? Yeah. So anyway. Well, okay. You could put it a different way, though. You could say, I want to make a note of this not to listen to this or go to their concerts because I don't like them. Or you could say, what's overrated? I don't know if you have any Oh, I might just use the thumbs down thing on uh -huh. Spotify. But sure. yeah, no, no. no I don't mean, commit it to memory, though. Okay. I get it. Fair enough. That, I'd have this, to commit all the country. I, was, I thought you were going to say something about it being anti-country music. That's a thing for a lot of... No, that's that's what I was going to say. Anti-country okay. music, anti-jazz, other than like Miles Davis and stuff. Oh, that's okay. me being honest. No, I used to be anti-jazz, and I've, I've come around a lot to it. And I, again, I would put Miles Davis in the category of overrated, and I don't want to listen to it. Respect. Oh, so, oh yeah, come on. Line oh, up your man. sacred cows. I, I, I will slaughter them one got... by one. See, I was a trumpet player, too. Oh, quite that makes a difference. To the, to the trumpeters. Yeah, See, that's, yeah. you're just partial then. You're, you're not objective. you got to have some detachment. Go to the balcony. That's what I'm saying. No, but, <laughs> but no, I mean, I was a philosophy. Objectivity is no, no one is objective. We have to accept that we all have subjective views and we're all shaped by our subjective experiences. I'm just saying that if you're especially biased and partial because you're a trumpet player. Maybe if I had played the trumpet, oh, I would. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But this isn't about Miles Davis. This is about nurses. And I want to give them the full spotlight because I don't know if you do. Do you ever look at the best albums lists of the year or the decade or anything like that? On Pitchfork. Yes. On I Pitchfork. Have. Only Pitchfork. That's why are they your gurus? I find them insufferably Ostentatious and hipstery. I can't read. Well, I can't read a I mean, pitchfork review without saying, "Oh, this is, is not about the album. That, this is about you." <laughs> it is sometimes, and that's been frustrating to me. But they're the list that I know about. <laughs> they do have good taste. I'm not going to dispute that. They know I mean, good music. Yeah, I mean, I, they I tend to agree with them. They rated the Fall Ten. They rated certain <laughs> other albums that I really like. Uh -huh. very highly they rated kanye really highly i love uh, kanye like yeezus and stuff like that they give credit where credit's due kanye is a musical genius or was before he went insane there are certain people who are extremely popular who are really gifted and it's exposed me to other genres of music that i wouldn't otherwise listen to because they're all encompassing i look at pitchfork and i look at metacritic and that's okay it. fair yeah. enough i think you could do much worse i like all music guide because they're a little bit more staid and they don't rave and go wild and they're concise too i think pitchfork they, gets a little bit long-winded oh yeah of course they are <laughs> <laughs>
They're all like people that we went to college with or worse. <laughs> <laughs> Who's worse than who is radio. worse than those we went to college with? Is there are there people worse than Oberlin hipsters? I don't know. And WOBC in particular? I don't know. I love you all if you're listening. I doubt you are though. So. <laughs> <laughs> My point in bringing up lists, what were the best albums of the 2010s? If if you could name a one or two of them. What were, what were your favorite albums from the last decade? Yeah, again, you asked me albums, and Put I'm you like... On the spot. <laughs> albums just I don't, don't make I it for don't, you. And I don't know when things came out. I want to say certain Wolf Parade things, but like I think At Mount Zoomer or something came out in like 2008, you know? So it's... Uh, I don't Arbitrary boundaries and but, stuff. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Jesus is one of my favorite albums okay. that came out in, in the 2010s. I really like newer bands. I really like Tame Impala. I really like Fanagram. I really like Billie Eilish, in all honesty. Okay. I think she's incredibly talented for her age. I like her music, and I don't like dislike something just because it's popular. Fantagram was another I saw with Beach House Live, actually, in, while in Brooklyn. That's good. Oh, cool. You should compare right. concert notes sometime. <laughs> but yeah, Wolf, Wolf Parade's new album and Death From Above, 1979's two new albums. Actually, their one album, Outrageous Now, would be in the 2010s. That's one of my favorites because they got back together and I thought that was awesome. After 15, 20 years, they got back together and they played great stuff, just like before. It's kind of random. I, I really like Nathaniel Radcliffe and the Night Sweats because he's a recovering alcoholic and he sings about stuff that I experienced. Right if, you, if there's such a thing as homework anymore, as we're 40, I don't think that really exists, but uh, you can make a list or something. So tell me what your top 10 of the, the last decade were. I'd be, I'd be curious to know definitively. And I say that all as a long precursor to saying that this was on my list of the best of the 2010s. This was my number two album of the whole decade. And I really, really like it. And uh, Dracula was. Yes, it is. Yes. So. Oh, what's number one? I believe it was Zamuto, the former books member. Oh, man, that is so. I don't even know who they are, but Zamuto. Not familiar with the books. Okay, check out the books. They're very heady and deserving of their own episode another time. Anyway, I'll send you the link to my list and maybe put it in the, the show notes for this episode. But anyway, this was number two oh, cool. on my list. And I thought that it did everything so very well. As you mentioned, trying to reach you, it would be the, the radio-friendly song which I think every great album should have something that has, you know, at least the potential to have mainstream appeal. So yeah, great harmonies, clap along, snap along, whatever you want. You want to, yeah. this album really makes you, I would say, want to sing along to a lot of it, if you've heard it a couple times. And oh, uh, the sure. guy's yeah. the guy's voice, I mean, he's harmonizing, but at the same time, he hits notes and with a certain tone, it's, I would compare it to like, uh, I don't know if you had ever had a Casio keyboard that had a portamento button which basically makes all of the sounds and tones really warped because they're all in between notes and stuff. I would say this oh, is like yeah. a, the Beach Boys on Portamento setting with his voice. And so I want to sing along and yet I can't. And so it's really a, oh, a kind it, of a challenge. Well, yeah, I can't sing along because his voice is so high, man. It's like... I, mm -hmm. So I, I, some like falsetto twang over synth rock. The rhythms yeah. are almost country-like. Fans of Monty Python remember the sound of clapping coconuts together to make a horse trot. That's that's how I would describe the rhythm here. Kind of a slowed down, decaying cassette tape that's been left out in the sun too long. Psychedelic surf rock with church organ rhythms like you'd find at your local rural church for the choral settings. 
to hear your fire and brimstone. Put those over, uh, as I mentioned, this guy's very unique voice, and it's easier to clap along than to sing along to it. I can also hear elements of dub, and they, they seem to want to avoid sing-along choruses at, at the same time. Like, if, if there's a chorus in the song, it's almost buried, buried in the song somewhere. Definitely not verse-chorus-verse. Yeah. It's an intellectual challenge and experience that hits you not only in your gut, but in your head and your brain really firing on all cylinders in my opinion agree disagree thoughts <laughs> yeah i agree and i guess like dracula is sort of evocative of that i'm also a big dracula fan too so. <laughs> who did it best are i took actually our vampires real no of course not man, come on, <laughs> man. Come on, believe in it. if we believe they're real that stuff is real <laughs> like you know i I'm a, I'm a hardcore atheist man i don't believe in anything that <laughs> any right, of that supernatural stuff. But, no, no supernatural, but it's cool to think about and it, the yeah. incarnations of it. You know, I love True Blood and different things like that. Bela Lugosi as a D- Dracula and stuff like that is an interesting story in and of, of course, itself. Of I took courses on the different incarnations of Dracula actually at Oberlin in Spanish as a uh, January <laughs> intensive awesome. course. It was a little beyond me in Spanish, but it was cool. Chupa Sangre. Have you seen the movie Suck, S-U-C-K, about a vampire rock band from Canada? No, I have not. Starring Iggy Pop and Alice Cooper. Seriously? Oh, well, I gotta see that. You know, I love Iggy Pop. Not so much. I understand Alice Cooper's... Oh, oh, I just saw the 1971 documentary on on Apple, which covers Alice Cooper uh, and Iggy Pop a little bit. It's really good. Excellent. Uh, Yeah. Well, I recommend that to anybody who's a rock fan. Back to nurses again. Cool. Cool. I saw the cast at uh, at the MoMA in New York City. The director and all the cast were there. It was a very nice uh, Q&A. Was it recent? It was uh, 2010-ish. All my New York references are 10 years ago. I, I was AmeriCorps for there for a year. Gotcha, yeah. My New York references are from like 17 years ago. <laughs> Good deal. We're not exactly current on that, they said, but it doesn't matter. Currency is overrated. Some reviewers yeah. have mentioned about this album. They said it was recorded in a cabin on the coast of Oregon with Prince as the only musical touchstone the band members would allow themselves. I don't hear any Prince in this album, do you? Prince. I like the spirit. The Prince. I mean, Prince is a good touchstone for anyone, man. Prince okay. was awesome. It's really Absolutely. sad. You know, the opioid crisis affected him. With all the hip movements, yeah. though, I mean, it's bound to happen at some point that he's going to get a hit. The hips are the first to go um, for rock stars, yeah, glam rock especially. Yeah, speaking of one popular guy who was absolutely incredible and still followed his authenticity, his musical, you know, like David Bowie, like other people who made it big but still were themselves, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To some degree. David Bowie was like a real weirdo, and it seemed like he might have changed himself a little bit. Iggy Pop kind of helped with that, I think. But anyway, that's another topic. All Music Guide said this is, uh, quote-unquote, samey at times. But another reviewer says it's such a sonic patchwork of quilt of different ideas that it resembles Frankenstein's monster more than the Transylvanian Count. Does the album hold together cohesively, or is it too much the same? Could you listen to it from start to finish, or do you have to skip tracks? I think I could listen to it start to finish, but some of the tracks, some of the tracks aren't as good, and 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 I think you need to listen to it maybe a couple of times and more pay attention to it. Because again, for me, music is so much more of a background thing now. Okay. Like it's something that I'm listening to when I'm doing something else. Because Keeps I'm you sort focused. of yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sort of like 
strangely ADD in that I need something else. Like I need like music to be on while I'm doing something else so I can stay focused on that thing. Yeah, um, totally with you. Yeah. yeah, as opposed to silence because silence just freaks me out. So, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. My wife, I can hear my wife. My wife's office is adjacent to mine in her house and she works from home too. So I can hear her clicking on the keyboard. So, so I put my AirPods or whatever and listen to music so I don't hear those little noises that tend to... Cool. So I'd yeah. say this is, no, this is absolutely one of the best examples I can think of where if I hear one song, I need to hear the whole album because uh, out of context, you can say that's just a weird song, but really everything fits. Everything has lots of subtle differences. It rewards repeated listens. All the things that I think make a classic album are all the elements that are present here. The reason why In the Airplane Over the Sea is like that to me is that the songs actually bleed into each other. Very few albums are made that way where the songs connect to each other. It's a lost art, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So that's what's so unique about that album to me compared to pretty much anything that I've listened to. Frank Zappa used to do that a lot, where yeah. one song would lead to another on an album. Foxygen, I think, is another example where one song leads to another. That Not a lot of people do that because I think, again, the, yeah. the album is kind of a fading medium as a whole. It's all about getting the first single, getting your foot in the door nowadays, I think. It's interesting how rich people paid to get certain cuts of th like the Pharma Bro guy or whatever. <laughs> You know, all that weird kind of stuff. No, it's a game. It's a game and you can cheat like anything. There's payola yeah. and everything. People uh, use unfair methods and it's not just about talent. I don't think it ever was. But um, did you get a chance to listen to any of their other stuff? Like there's a good music video for, I think, by a Portland queer art artist collective that did the video for 2017's uh, Fortress off of the Notland album. Recommend that for Oh issue. yeah. No, 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 no. I didn't I didn't get a chance to listen to the other catalog because I'm listening to just recently exploring more dance and electronic stuff. So sure. other than sort of listening to this, which was sort of like the task at hand, that's mostly what I've been doing with my new musical taste. I pretty, pretty much listen to this band, The Glitch Mob, and then I've been sort of been branching off from that, again, with Spotify sort of suggesting certain things. And they tend to be good about what they suggest. <laughs> the algorithm works. I, I, the the algorithms, algorithms know us better than we know ourselves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I know. It's, it's crazy, man. The age of information is upon us. The point is, though, that the, we have limited attention and limited time to explore things. I, I don't doubt that there is plenty of music that I haven't heard that is popular that I would like, but I'm more interested in finding stuff that no one or a few people have heard of. A single person can still make a difference. <laughs> but why is that? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could explain that at some oh, that, point. That, that's precisely it. Does anyone need to be told to listen to Kanye? I don't think they do. He's inescapable, practically. Whereas there are some albums, especially for people who like a certain kind of music or and not others. For example, a lot of people don't like hip-hop at all, just blanket statement. Maybe they need to be told exactly Why what would be the, the entry point. <laughs> White people. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. White people. And, you know, like... We don't like country music, but I'm sure that there's a country music artist out there, many of them probably, that would be our entry points. You know, Kanye I don't think his, we like. You know Kanye from his radio songs? Like, Yeezus has a song about lynching and stuff that's like such uh -huh. a 
great stuff from you. Who was the Billy Holiday? I, anyway, I think you know an artist from what's played on the video, but they actually have a, a deeper sort of catalog than that. Okay. Well, I don't want to talk about Kanye. I'm going to put my yeah, foot down as the host. <laughs> <laughs> it's my show, darn it. <laughs> and, uh, Talking about, about nurses, man. This is great. I'm glad you turned me on to them. Great. The point is, though, that almost nobody, even people who consider themselves into like cool music, I think very few of people have heard or heard of nurses. And so I think the point is that we can still make a difference and, and get that out there and try to change that as musical activists. As, in addition to political yeah. activists, music also matters. So them as the artists are kind of responsible for that. <laughs> but yes, I, I believe that is true, too. <laughs> it's kind of like fighting for the underdog. It feels good, you know? Anyway, I, in terms of their discography, I want to say that their 2007's Hanging Nothing But Our Hands, I found only a few songs of interest on there. They, again, similar to the, the Faints' first album. They're just basically an indie rock band at that point. They really come into their own on 2009's Apple's Acre, which I think Man at Arms is a, one of the greatest songs, I, my favorite songs of all time. It would make the list. Otherwise, yeah. just a good album that's not great. This one I thought was their best, their perfect work. 2017's Notland uh, abandons the past for experimental electronics and almost lost me. But I recommend everybody buy it on Bandcamp, which is, again, a better alternative than any streaming platform, go to Bandcamp and pay a dollar. It's better than streaming it a hundred times on a streaming platform. Uh, you can buy the album, and uh, it's grown on me quite a lot. Again, more electronic in that case. If you're interested in experimental electronics, that's uh, that's where you start. But for, for the uninitiated, start with Dracula or Apple's Acre if you're not sure where to give nurses their first chance. You mentioned the Beach Boys and Animal Collective. I totally agree that they're comparable. Have you heard of? Recommended if you like... R-I-Y-L's, as we say in the field. Have you heard of We Ragazzi? Uh, what? No. What was, what's the name? We Ragazzi. W-E-R-A-G-A-Z-Z-I. The guy has a similar voice. W- anyway, they're they're kind of a similar band. But Maybe don't name yourself something that's really difficult to spell. <laughs> you know, a lot of people shoot themselves in the foot. Bands shoot themselves in the foot all the time. How about Dios Malos? D-I-O-S? Bad gods. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, nice. I don't. Beach Boys similar. All right. Uh, do you hear any surf rock in this album at all? Yes. I mean, that's what Beach Boys, obviously, yeah. Clearly the comparison there. Do you know Shimmering Stars? No. I think they're out of Vancouver. Really great. Another one of my favorites. They made some top 10 albums from, from the last decade. Shimmering Stars. I love them. And how about Frederick? I think they're from Sweden. I also saw them in the same venue in, uh, in New York. They're just, at the, at the they're just Frederick? Frederick? F-R-E-D-R-I-K. Oh, yeah. A lot of people think my name is Frederick. They're just <laughs> named after a person's name. That's interesting. Okay. okay. We got to conclude this. I've got another appointment. So can you give a rating to the album? I think about the same. I'd say maybe actually a little bit higher than because it's, they're kind of good, really put well together. So I'd say probably like an eight or a nine. Is that what I rated? I, maybe that's what I rated the faint though, too, because it maybe it was more meaningful to me personally. But right on, right on. All right, cool. A nine. I, agree. I think I only rated one pick so far higher than a nine, and that was the first episode. And I would also say this is a 9.5. Just an amazing superlative. I would rant about it longer if I had more time. Compared to yeah. Notland, I would give an 8.5, and Apple's Acre a 7.5, and Hanging Nothing But Our Hands only about a six. So they're all over the map, and every and, album is and, different. 
And maybe that's the reason for their lack of success or something. But yeah, who could knows? be, could be any number of theories. Yeah. I got to run. I'm sorry. I, I'm not used to cutting, cutting my co-host off like this. I'm, I'm incredibly long winded. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool. There's a lot to work with here. I hope to provide many happy returns for listeners. <laughs> I but thanks so, for yeah. being here. We should do this again. <laughs> yeah, sure, man. Anytime. All right. Nice talking to you. Have a good one. All right. Good night there. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.